Hi guys, welcome to the Bone and Bee Slash cast. I'm Eater Milkbone. This week we have the mystery erotic reader giving us an excerpt of Red Thread that will lead me home to you, which is one of the fics that we're reviewing in this week's podcast. It's extremely not safe for work, so please do be aware. And we're going to start the content in three, two, one. Athia <clears throat> Hogwarts, 1998. Malfoy sucks cock like a porn star. Harry groans and threads the fingers of his right hand in between soft, blonde strands, while his left hand reaches behind his own head, nails sinking into the armrest of the sofa. Malfoy smirks and licks up the underside of Harry's cock and swirls his tongue around the slit. Harry swears and tilts his head backwards, pushing further into the sofa. He moans Malfoy's name, lust circulating in his bloodstream like the most addictive drug. He thrusts his hips upwards in a plea for more, and the sofa squeaks beneath Malfoy when he raises himself on his elbows and knees. Harry gasps, his sharp cry tapering into a drawn-out moan when Malfoy swallows him deeper. He'll never tire of this. It's fucking heaven, having every inch engulfed by the exquisite lushness and warmth of Malfoy's mouth. The head of his cock hitting the back of Malfoy's throat with every small push of his hips. The air is heavy with Harry's pants and Malfoy's moans. He knows how much Harry likes it loud. Malfoy looks so damn good giving head. Tussled blonde hair, hallowed out cheeks, and half-lidded eyes smoky with sex and seduction. His sudden soft lips wrap around Harry's prick, tongue teasing him with every slow drag on his shaft, slick with pre-cum and saliva. Looking at him is enough to make Harry cum. So good, gonna... Ah, oh, Harry chokes out, his thighs clenching and his back arching off the sofa. Of course, this is the exact moment when Malfoy... A contrary bastard pulls off. He licks his lips and grins. Tell me how much you want it, he whispers, his voice hoarse. Hi guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Bone and Bee Slash cast. I am Eat a Milk Bone and I'm here with Be Inspired and today we're going to be discussing two fics. The first one is Red Thread that will lead me home to you by X Era Said and the second is The Gladdest Thing Under the Sun by Tacky Tiger. We have had quite an interesting development with Red Thread. Our discussions about it have made us realise that there's a bit of contention and confliction in how we feel about this fic. Am I right Bee? There is, yes, you are mm-hmm. completely right. Yeah, and you said something about your second reading through. It's kind of made it worse for you? You're, you're not liking this book as much? Or tell me. No, it's actually the opposite. Because the first time I read it, I definitely was super conflicted. And the second time, I felt a little bit more calm. Okay. All righty. Well. So. Definitely looking forward to hearing a bit more about that in detail. Just to let our listeners know, Red Thread is a fic that was published in 2019. It has 35,000 words, three chapters, and currently stands with 726 kudos. 
It's a really interesting fic. The first part is set in Hogwarts eighth year, and then we go post Hogwarts, which is in the tags as well. We've got a bearded Harry Potter. Uh, first time dirty talk rimming, which is always fun. A red string of fate. Don't know what the fuck that has to do with the tags, but it does have something to do with the fic. Um, they get back together, angst with a happy ending, blah, 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 blah. I really, really love this opening scene. As soon as I read it, I was there. I was like, this is amazing sex. And just to be thrown into it straight away. Ah, perfect, perfect. I, I loved it so much that it kept me reading. That, that opening scene, quite often when I read a fic, if the opening couple of paragraphs is shit, then I'm out. This made me want to continue reading the whole story because I wanted to see more of Malfoy sucking cock like porn star. So Absolutely. I was I was into this completely. But you were the one who suggested doing a reading of it and I kind of want to know why. So basically for the reason that you just said, like you you open it up and you're like, holy shit. Like that's that's a classic first sentence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you see those lists of like you know, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, or whatever famous opening lines are when you <laughs> open this bit. And it's the first line is Malfoy sucks cock like a porn star. It's hard to not uh, be like, oh, all right, let's read this right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but also, I think, so, if I'm being honest, my first time through this fic, you know, I don't know how we stumbled across this. I don't, sometimes I grab things off of the Reddit racks or sometimes off of Tumblr racks. I, so I honestly don't remember where this came from. I think I stumbled across it myself. And then when I read it, I sent it to you saying, hey, I really think you should read this, you know? And um, so I don't know what the tag was that got me into it. But the first time I read it, it was like the most exquisite um, and also head banging against the wall frustrating experience because it felt like um so many fits and starts and so when i went back to reread it so my memory of it was that i was irritated with the story and, <laughs> you know because i just felt like and we we talked and this one we should be clear there is going to be um so many spoilers right off the bat so if you haven't read the story go read it but um you know, we talked about it as you were reading it because I was waiting to, to say anything until you were into it. And then you, I think, had similar experience on some level. I don't think you were as frustrated the first time through as I was, but you expressed irritation with the wedding scene. I don't know if you want to talk about that or should we not jump there just yet? No, let's do it. Let's get straight to it because I think there are some great things about this bit that we can say. So we're not going to leave the reader, listener, whatever, with the feeling that this fic is bad because it's not in my opinion this is a very well written fic we're looking at an eat milk bone scale of maybe nine out of ten so you know she's she's doing quite well or they're doing quite well in my opinion but the wedding scene for me brought it down we're not going to break out of ten we're not even going to get to ten with this and the reason for that is because the pacing in this fic for me is brilliant the idea that harry leaves the uk partly driven so much by Draco not wanting to engage in a proper relationship with him it's all very realistic and, and reliable mm, not reliable the word I'm looking for is believable but 
we get to the scene, the scene that we want to see. It's it's in the description by stopping Malfoy's very proper, very pure blood wedding. And this is something that is rom-com. This is something that is dramatic. We're expecting a certain kind of thing. And what happens is they have this interruption. Harry goes to the wedding. It's in the middle of it. Draco looks all cute or whatever in his like robes and stuff. And Harry gets there, interrupts it. They stand off to the side, but like doing some wittering talking. There's very little drama. And then Harry bows off. Like L- Lucius has a heart attack, kind of. You know, he he doesn't even have a heart attack. He just throws a hissy fit. You know, and he's just like, you know, that that film where the lady in her nightclothes falls down the the stairs. It's a black and white film, and she's in her like long sleep gown thing. If you yeah, have, yeah, that's what Lucius does in this. It's like, oh, I feel faint. Not really. <laughs> That's what I read it as. And Harry just leaves. He's just interrupted the wedding of this man that he's, he loves, who he hasn't seen for years and years. But he's done it because he realises he can't let Draco go. Um, and then he, and he leaves. He leaves. I know. I just can't get over it. And for me, then the story does get better. But only when they pull their fingers out of each other's asses and that scene... Well, actually, no, when they start putting their fingers back in each other's <laughs> when when Draco goes to Ron and Hermione's to find Harry. So for me, the one thing that got me interested in this fic before I saw the Malfoy sucks cock like a porn star was just shit. I'm not going to lie. To me, it was shit. And hang on. No, I don't want to say that. To me, it just was a bit of a letdown. That, that's all, it's just a bit of a letdown. But there is a lot to say about this fic that is wonderful. What did you think about that wedding scene? Come on, tell me. I want to know. Well, so I'm gonna back us up a little bit even though I know I jumped us forward to the wedding, but I, on the first read through, well, on both read throughs really, the whole beginning part of the story while they're still at Hogwarts is I think lovely and it makes sense it's it's got the drama and the tension you know of an eighth year fic and and some of that like miscommunication stuff but I'm willing to forgive some miscommunication when they're 18 because 18 year olds are terrible communicators for the most part so you know it makes sense but it's it's got a nice lovely tension while they're there and Harry is um basically trying to get Malfoy to leave with him because he can't stay in England anymore because his fame is so distracting and Kingsley's given him a job where he can travel as an or straight out of Hogwarts. So he's planning to go do that. And he keeps asking Malfoy to go with him and Malfoy keeps saying no. And it turns into fights. And, and then they get to this lovely part where they're, you know, they've, they've like, Harry is freaked out and said, I'm done and leaves And then Malfoy hunts him down later on the sofa and is saying to him, you know, we can't stop. Don't you understand? He chokes out peppering Harry's face with kisses so delicate and light that Harry wishes he could bottle each one up and lock it forever in a bejeweled box of a breaking heart. Oh, Mm -hmm. I mean, lovely, right? And you can feel the tension and the passion and all of that is great. And then they go and they have a particularly big event at Hogwarts, you know, so they've they're together, then they fight, then they get back together, 
And then in this back together thing, they decide that they're going to have sex, like penetrative sex. And so they have this lovely night in the room. And at the end of that, and that's really lovely. I mean, it's totally in keeping with what you're saying about the hot sex writing. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they get done again, of course, well, this is okay. So this is one element of this story. They say all kinds of shit while they're fucking. Mm-hmm. They are Malfoy is saying, I'm you're the only one for me. It's always been you. It'll always only be you, or it'll always only be me, you know, mm-hmm. all this like deeply committed sort of stuff. And then they get done, and like immediately afterwards, and I will say I marked this in my um in my notes because it's like a four page sex scene. Like it goes <laughs> on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but they get done and then Mal- Harry says again, like, you know, can't we, like Malfoy gets up to go, like immediately. They've had this crazy sex that's full of so many confessions and so many things. And then like, you know, the cum is not even cooling and Malfoy's but got his pants on. He's like, I'm out of here. And Draco, or I'm sorry, Harry gets upset and Draco says, basically, it doesn't change anything. And Harry is so hurt by this idea that Draco feeling like they've had sex doesn't change anything that they, you know, they argue about it a little bit, but not really. The communication, again, is terrible. And then, basically, Harry gets on a broom and leaves Hogwarts. Yeah. And and he's done. And then between that and the wedding, we have Harry traveling around a bit. We have... um, uh, They run into each other, and Harry meets Astoria in Switzerland at a Christmas party or something. And we have um, Harry asking Hermione and Ron about, um, you know, what Malfoy's up to. And and, and I should say during their run-in in Switzerland, they're quite... Um, vitriolic with each other you know they're they're very the 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 dynamic is very like angry and intense and the first time I read it I was like oh for fuck's sake like just be nice can you not just be nice like you clearly want to be together just be nice but the second time I read it I had more appreciation I think because I knew how the story resolved I had more appreciation for how true to the character the writer was you know because um, we know that Harry and Draco are difficult and they, they do have terrible communication. So they, this writer really stayed, you know, true to that fact. So what, by the time we get to the wedding, you've been on this yo-yo ride, right? And so for Harry to walk the fuck out of that wedding, and I do think, I mean, I think who knows Lucius motivation or the degree to which he was having a heart attack, but I do think like, there was a medical concern. They called for Meta Wizard or whatever. Like, you know, shit was happening. And Lucius goes on to be very, very ill. So it, the the chances that he's very sick are are high. But it doesn't negate the fact that Harry just fucking walks out. And like <laughs> you said, like, it's just like, what the fuck, Harry? He, it, it's a huge step that he's taken. And the other part of it is, is that he completely outs Draco in doing it. Like, publicly outs him into wizard society. And that's not cool, right? Like, so Harry just shows up, completely fucks him over, and then leaves. And it's so frustrating and annoying in the moment. Yeah. So 
going back just a little bit, you said about the scene where they have sex for the first time, and that was in the room of requirement. I I was so with Harry in that bit. Wet oh the- God, yes. Sorry, wait one second. Um, shit. Okay, I think we'll be able to. Okay, yeah. Just say, oh God, yes, for me again. Oh God, yes. Because it just was. It was just one of these things that was so emotional. Where he turns around, he's like, I'm done. I'm done. And Draco says something to him. I can't remember exactly what it is. And then Harry sort of pauses at the door and Draco's doing this thing. It's like a push me, pull you thing of, I really want you, but as soon as I have you, I don't want you anymore. I can't have you. And I push you away. And Harry just carries on. He just carries on and leaves. And it's just that moment because we've already had that bit where Harry caves and stays with him mm-hmm. that when he slams that door on his way out i'm like yes queen you fucking tell that bitch like you've tried <laughs> and you've tried and you've tried and he's not having any of it but then when they're in barcelona and they meet in that bit where you're saying just be nice to each other just be nice to oh, is it barcelona i thought it was switzerland but whatever yes barcelona okay when they yeah when he fight he first meets astoria harry first meets astoria wh- wherever that is it's somewhere that's not in the uk who gives a fuck <laughs> so he uh, he says sorry draco says to harry i was gonna ask you to the your ball the end of school ball which kind of contradicts how Draco's acting in the room of requirement at that time, because if you're pushing him, pushing Harry away to such a degree, what, what thinks makes you think that it's going to be okay to the next day to ask him to this ball? I, I don't understand. I think Draco in that moment is written to be very, very confused, but it confused me so too. was. Because it was one of these really lovely moments in Barcelona or wherever that they are, and they're standing on this balcony. It was a lovely thing. Like I was going to ask you to the ball, but but Harry's just asked you time and time again to do something like that with with him. I feel like in that moment, though, if it if this was a real conversation between real people, it's almost like Draco would be saying that to guilt Harry into mm. it. But you're right. Going forward a bit more to what you said the outing Draco and then just leaving. I mean, how much of a shit do you have to be? They're just nasty to each other, which actually come to think of it at the end of this fic, when they're saying to each other, oh, we don't actually know anything about each other. I was reading that thinking, this is a relationship that's going to be over within a year. Well, I think it's, you know, okay. I'm going to go back to something you said about the room of requirement scene. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that bothered me, and I have to see if I can like line up my notes here quickly enough, but so while he's in, they've just had sex, they're just, you know, looking at each other and Harry, there's a moment where, um, okay, here. So Draco has just said it doesn't change anything. Harry recoils the words driving shock and hurt into his aching heart doesn't change anything does it Malfoy bursts out his cheeks pink not from pleasure but in agitation he rubs the back of his neck a physical tell that hints to Harry that he is lying that he doesn't mean a fucking word but and then Draco goes on 
Okay, so Harry acknowledges this tell, right, that, that Draco does that would indicate that Harry would know that what he's saying is a lie in that moment, that he's that he understands that Draco is full of shit when he says this doesn't mean anything. And yet, when he runs into Pansy, when he's back, you know, he comes back for Ron and Hermione's wedding, and Pansy, who incidentally is in a relationship with Neville, which I would fucking love to see that in a longer story, because um, I just think that that's a really cute potential pairing. But at, at, anyway, um, when Pansy says something like, so they're talking, and she's saying, you know, you need to, um, you need to know, or no, first she says um, how he was so upset that he was so miserable after the last day of um, his newts. And then she says, coincidentally, it is the, after the night you fled Hogwarts in that overly dramatic manner. Parkinson taps a finger on her lower lip, pretending to be deep in thought. You, could, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? No, Harry lies. He was sad when I left, Harry thinks to himself. I meant something to him. And I'm like, how can you not fucking know that you meant something to him? Like, <laughs> he told you all the time that you meant something to him. And I think that what we see, and maybe, so this is the, this is the conflict, Bone. This is the heart of it. I can't decide if it's like such clever, clever, clever Slytherin writing hmm. that Draco is so reserved so thoughtful, so plotting in what he does that he is always going to be at Hogwarts. He's very conscious about what is the right choice to make about his um, future, what's expected of him. And then going forward, we see that multiple times where he is the one to put the brakes on anything because he's really working it through in his head and his emotions are quite detached. And that in sex is the only time that he's connected to his emotions. And so his fucking mouth just runs with all this crazy shit right mm -hmm. it could be that it's just brilliant on that level yeah and i want it i want that to be the answer but the other option is that it's just fucking jerking the reader around <laughs> so much <laughs> because if it's not brilliant if 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 they're not just uh, what is the person's name x erised i think or something yeah. the author if uh, if x is not just so brilliant then they're just fucking winding our crank all the time because <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell, Harry, how stupid can you be? How, of course you meant something to him. What the hell? And that comes up again where Harry will hear something that somebody says and then be like, oh, maybe he cared when I left. Are you fucking stupid, Harry? Of course he would have cared when you left because the last time you just tried to like break up with him, he told you you could never end this, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Um, and I think that the second time through, okay, so we get through the wedding, mm. Harry wanders off, you know, goes, leaves. And then as you said, he, Astoria actually is the one to show up and give him the address in Lisbon. And he goes to find Draco in Lisbon. Mm. And again, they have this, um, this conversation and I can't remember exactly how I should go and look. I can't remember exactly how that goes, but basically, um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna back up. I'm just looking at my notes here. They're on this is on the Christmas fucking fight that they have, and I came across uh, my notes here where Draco is saying, um, "You can't just come into someone's life, make them feel special, and then leave." Harry stares at him with wide eyes. I made him feel special <laughs> <laughs> again. It's like, 
oh my god but yes of course harry what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> maybe it's just harry that i'm frustrated with in the story because draco's actions are annoying but actually pretty like logical whereas harry is just like what the fuck okay anyway so they meet up in lisbon and they have this conversation and um he's trying to you know basically draco's like let's see i'm trying i what i can't remember is if they fuck that night and then he goes away or if they don't fuck and it's when he has to wait okay i think think they don't fuck so there's no sex and he has to and drake was saying you have to wait um i you know i need time and so as you say harry waits around then they're supposed to meet up in this place and he doesn't come yeah it's for like two weeks he's wandering around lisbon on his own waiting for draco to to make a move or anything and if that was me although obviously i'm I'm different to other people i'm not saying that this should be based on my actions or my thoughts but if that was me after week one i'd be like fuck you fuck you but i think it is i I think you're right i think it is one week actually because i'm the opposite i was like one week jesus christ give it a month man (laughs) (laughs) well i'm impatient as fuck so i suppose that's probably why but you and harry have that in common because yeah cannot go beyond a week and they like it's cute because they exchange like some sort of pastry back and forth you know where harry leaves some for draco and draco puts some out on the door the next day or whatever and this scene this scene in the at the plaza or wherever where they're supposed to meet harry so it's 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 really well written i'm gonna say that harry's sitting in the rain he's waiting he's looking around and the way it's done is that you'll have a line of present tense harry sitting in the rain in regular font and then you'll have a few letters a few lines from a letter that he wrote to draco telling him that he would be there waiting and they're interspersed it goes on for about a page and it's it creates this incredible tension which is actually um like made me feel pretty teary even the second time i read it i was like oh my god this is really um for example this section where he's saying how um he looks up and he sees a blonde head and he thinks that it's maybe Malfoy. And then Harry's in, in present tense, he's saying it's not Malfoy. Harry collapses on the bench, his chin lowered to his chest in defeat. He was so hopeful at the beginning. He even had a nice restaurant in mind to take Malfoy out to dinner. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like such, you know, it's the, it's taps into that, like painful, the, precise details of how when you're hopeful about something and you kind of picture how it's going to play out and then it comes crashing down around you you know this is what this is kind of my perception of this fic is that it is a rom-com but it's not a rom-com but it's a romantic drama or whatever i don't know it's it it's one of those texts that is going to pull on your heartstrings in the name of entertainment and oh my god for sure follows so many tropes we have the door slamming on the way out where one of the characters decides that they've had enough and then we've got this like meet me here and then we'll sort everything out and then but with 15 minutes separation you know what the one that's supposed to meet them there runs and the other one's gone away because he's been waiting for so long and the old the stopping the wedding thing and i suppose that's the main ones that i can remember but it's all very romantic drama-esque with all those tropes 
which makes it brilliant in my mind but it does it 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 goes against so many of the other things in the fake and you're saying about harry's indecision or um lack of confidence about whether draco likes him or doesn't like him and it can be annoying but i suppose harry's just so determined to stay away from whether draco did or didn't because he wants he wants to get over him the first scene we see of him out of the uk it's in switzerland and he says something or internal monologuing it's I'll get over Draco very soon or um, two weeks is long enough. Like I'll be over it soon. So I guess in his mind, he just doesn't want to, to carry on feeling like this. So he, he, of course, every time it comes back in his face, it's like, he really cared for me because in his mind, he didn't. That's why Harry left. He'd had enough. He'd had right. enough of him going back and forth. So I think it's brilliant, but do we do we need more? I think she's a brilliant writer. Sorry, they're I, a brilliant I, writer. I think so too. That and wedding this is, scene, man. The witch scene? Wedding scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, the wedding scene. So the first time, so just so we're all clear, when they miss each other in Lisbon, then they Draco shows up again now at Ron and Hermione's where Harry's staying for a few days. And he explains that his father had died that morning and he had raced back to St. Mungo's and it was a shit show. And then he raced back to Lisbon. And incidentally, I'm thinking, why not send a fucking Patronus or an owl? You're fucking wizards. <laughs> just, there's got to be a way you could tell here you were running it late, you know. But anyway, and then he, they get there and they're having this conversation and it's quite sweet, you know. And, and Draco's talking about how he realized with his father that you know, what his greatest regret would be if it was him laying there dying would be not being with Harry or not giving Harry a chance. And it's cute. And they have this sweet little scene. And then it turns out, like, in two minutes, Harry's catching a fucking port key to Shanghai for two months. Like, so yet again, we get this, like, yanked apart thing, you know? And I think that for me, that one was, like, the straw to break the camel's back. I was, like, up until that point, I'm like, okay, fine there's all these big life reasons, right? Getting married, father dying, you know, Harry's fame or whatever that were like pulling them apart. But at this point I was just like, Oh, for fuck's sake, give us a goddamn break. And then incidentally, they have this whole thing about how they're going to write to each other. And they're going to, once he's done with this trip to Shanghai, Harry will come back and he will stay. And, um, you know, they'll try to see if there's something between them and if they can make it work. And then, he just fucking walks out the door. There's no kiss at this scene at Ron and Hermione's. So that is part of why I'm going to lead us into my final piece of irritation here. That is part of why this final sex scene, the first time through, bugged the shit out of me. Mm. And we've talked about this a little bit, but they um so that you know harry is back from shanghai now and they're having some fire whiskey and it's very sweet and they're sitting on the couch and they're talking about all these things and they're like say you know malfoy saying we need to keep we need to talk there's lots of things we need to sort out but in the meantime they cannot keep their eyes off of each other they're super distracted they of course want to be touching each other and that all rings true right like mm -hmm. it's been four years they had super hot sex we know from the beginning how hot their sex was and how good they were you know how well they were connected and all <laughs> but, that 
Fuck. So we're, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, okay, so still, okay, they've kissed. They've kissed. And then there's this conversation that made me want to stab my face off. <laughs> and this conversation is, now for Terry's jawline, he breaks the kiss, their lips separating with a soft sound. You shaved. I wondered why. Yeah, before I came, I don't know how you feel about beard burn. And uh, he trails off. <laughs> up. And and Malfoy prompts, he runs a thumb over Harry's bottom lip, just like he used to do. And that intimate gesture makes Harry throw caution to the wind. Would be easier to, to rim you if the chance came up tonight. Your thighs are tickle- ticklish. What? Malfoy says, his eyes wide and round, his arms falling limply to his sides. We don't have to if you don't wanna. Okay, which is incidentally the first time in this fic when all of a sudden Harry starts using wanna instead of want yeah, to. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then they go on to have this whole conversation about I wanted to rim you in the room of requirement, da 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 da. And I'm thinking, why are you not fucking already? Why are you chatting about this? Why, like, after four years and all this tension, you can't even sit on the couch and have a conversation because you're so distracted. And now suddenly you're going to like, have a logical conversation about boundaries, which is great. Like that's very healthy, you know, in the grand scheme of people's adult sex lives. But in this moment, I was like, what, why are we talking about this right now? Like, <laughs> well, how about you just, you know, try rimming him and see what happens. Like it's not, I just, it just felt so disconnected from the passion of the moment that I was like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring up the language in this scene because I had a real problem with that. And I'll be honest, I can't remember whether they discuss or they talk like this during sex in the earlier sex scenes. But oh my god! No, but the, you're they right. do this thing that they do this thing. Let me see if I can find it. I just found one and I scroll past it. But when they're when they're talking about sex, hang on. Oh my god! Yeah. So the rimming one. This is a really good example. Yeah, Harry, eat me good. Oh yes, yes. like eat yes. me good. And I'm just like no 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 it sounds so disjointed and it's like for me the way they say these things when it's like um so like so good you fuck me good things like that and then that to me is like in a rom-com where you're trying to convince people in the next room that you're having sex it's like oh yeah doing me so good yeah right yeah it's really good right okay yeah like that is how how that came across and I just don't know what happened I don't either it's gonna be so tight for me it's like come on you're men in your 20s like right you know you're gonna be saying things like fuck you're so tight for me rather than like gonna be so tight for me oh my god darling it just just didn't no no yeah I (coughs) totally excuse me I totally agree it was like it came out of nowhere and it was so weird because the first scenes at Hogwarts were so hot there was nothing about the language Mm -hmm. that bothered me I even went back and checked because I circled the same shit like give it to me give it to me good what the fuck is (laughs) happening right now (laughs) yeah I just found another one oh oh my god um oh shit yeah do do it with your cock so ready for you (laughs) (laughs) all right baby yes <laughs> fuck off oh my god and the action in the scene is hot like yeah. there's nothing like what's happening is hot 
but mm-hmm. what all of a sudden it's like a different person started writing the dialogue or something I okay i've just found another one one more harry hisses shoving himself deep mm, fucking you but still so horny one more i know <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, and I feel so creeped out. I feel so weird. <laughs> oh my god, it's yes, yes. So it's a conflict. And then then okay, let's just here we are, the bottom of a page. Three sharp gasps, another garbled cry of his name, and a hard buck of his hips and Malfoy comes flooding Harry's mouth. Harry swallows it thick, loud gulp with thick, loud gulps, and then kisses Malfoy's inner thigh. He scoots up the bed to grab a bottle of water. He did, takes a drink. He looks at Malfoy. Harry lets some water trickle down his throat. Pleased with Malfoy's covetous graze, tracks the water. Harry offers the bottle to Malfoy. Malfoy says no, and then Harry says, "Ready for another go." <laughs> right? You know I've got a fucking problem with this. Either, oh either wizards have no cooling off period which i mean it's doubtful i want to write a fic though i'm just going to say this out loud here hold me accountable to this i really want to write a fic or somebody else do it like whoever's listening just fucking write this fic for me where they take potions to keep themselves going all night like chem sex you know i've got a gay friend who's a sex addict and that's what he does like he'll take meth and just fuck all night like so maybe like that but it's just, it doesn't happen. It's so fucking rare that a man doesn't have that gene or some, whatever it is that means that they have to have that period after sex to recover. So the, I mean, it's like, like what another go? It's like, babe, it's going to be an hour at, right. at the least. I'm not like, I don't sit here with like a stopwatch thinking like, okay, your normal refractory is like seven minutes or whatever. I don't really fucking care. But in that scene, it's like a gulp of water. I mean, it's not even like literally nothing's happened. We've had a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> now we're supposed to go again. Well, and I then- had a guy say to me the the other night um, when, you know, the, the thing is after a guy comes, he's looking down at his dick going, we were horny a minute ago, but why are we here? This feels weird. And I've had other guys tell me that as well, um, that after sex, suddenly you're like, oh my god I'm disgusting like what did I just do because it there like you said the refractory period that's that's what happens to a man biologically like you've shagged you can't shag anymore whereas it doesn't happen with women because we want to get as much semen or whatever I don't know this this might not be accurate but apparently I heard maybe it was maybe it was on BuzzFeed or something that you know, women can keep going because it's good for evolution, right? Sure. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I just have, I have such a big problem with it. I, I think men and their sex written in fan fiction for the most part has this issue where it's not realistic for this. They don't go again. If you're going to make- Well, and I think sometimes they'll- I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Go. No, I've had. I said it. I've said it now. It. Everyone knows my feelings. <laughs> everyone knows. Go on. Interrupt me because they don't need to hear me go on about it. <laughs> well, I was enjoying my biological evolution lesson with bone. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I, I think it's like in some fix they start making out again right away, and mm. that is fine or there's like it's like cuddling for a few minutes that turns more into like a 
what is there there's like langorious tugs or whatever you know and soft stroking and whatever and then that gets heated and that's like fine that all seems fine but this goes like so quickly into just fucking that that is where i'm like okay that you know it just seems so fast like it would have been so good in that bit if the after they'd you know come the first time that they laid there and they they said we don't actually know anything about each other we don't know what whether you like flowers we i don't know what your favorite color is do you like tea or coffee because they have that discussion at the end of this fic so in, right. that, in that time that would have been a really good place to put that all in and then they realize totally. some stuff about each other like oh you like tea and you like two sugars or whatever it is and you know blow line whatever you like wearing green jumpers and then they would go back be like oh i realized that i, I like you even more now want another go and then they right. go on. so good oh fuck me so good all of this <laughs> Or they could have just had the conversation that they end up having while they're fucking, because that would make the conversation and the fucking less awkward. But instead, they try to do it at the same time, which maybe is intentional by the author to, like, make it an awkward scene. Because part of the reason why Malfoy is going to be so tight for him, baby, or whatever the fucking line is here, (laughs) is that he has not bottomed for anybody else. So he's saying to so in this moment like like literally water bottle gets set down and here we are harry you know starts like fingering him open and the whole thing so they talk about the fact that malfoy has fucked other men but never bottomed they talk Mm -hmm. about the fact then they casually bring up like oh do you remember when i found your prostate (laughs) call it back then but you looked so good harry's murmuring and then um oh yeah then we have to do it with your cock so ready for you line and then um we get to this part where harry and we both commented on this on the first reading through where harry is saying do you still want to discipline me now this is a reference to what was in the cupboards in the room of requirement four years prior and i understand that if you haven't seen or interacted with anybody at all since the last time you fucked them that maybe that conversation is going to be more fresh in your mind whereas like for most people I don't think we can remember a four year ago fuck conversation we might remember the fuck I mean maybe I don't know I I'm not I'm not committed to that but it's so weird that they bring it up right at this moment I'm like is that is this really the moment that you want to bring up that red satin or whatever yeah four years ago I got that as well and I have some experience as you know in the BDSM world um, just throwing that out there Uh, but this idea of BDSM as even light so early on in somebody's sex uh, life in their yeah in their sex life and their sexual discovery really pisses me off because for me, the idea that within the first sort of year of you having sex with somebody as a teenager, that you start going into the tying up thing and the spanking and everything, to me, it's de- like I, it's the same for me as people saying young girls who watch porn all think that a vulva is supposed to be bold, right? It's Mm -hmm. a sexual expectation based on on things that aren't true. 
on on a media perception so the fact that they're in the room of requirement and then they've got all of these things that the room provides for them which by the way i've read about this because i wanted to the room cannot create things for you if it doesn't have them somewhere like it's the rule of something or another so that that made me think like a lot about that it's like really is the room going to provide you with sex toys and things like <laughs> it's like do are these in the room of hidden things like or, or for whatever it is well they wouldn't be now would they because of the fucking fiend fire but it just when look writers out there it's fine you do what you need to do but if somebody is having their first sexual encounters within that first year you're doing them a real disservice to put them into a sexual situation that includes bdsm elements because it's not realistic and if it is realistic you have to wonder why are these people incorporating sexual acts that are based on pain and submissiveness and letting letting go of control and i say this mind hi ryan kai nice to speak to you about you on the podcast again but there are some fics out there like vitiate which are written because the theme is completely about that it is about dominance and it is about submission but in a fic like red thread come on man this you're just doing there's no even no reason that this is here we have Malfoy sucking cock like a porn star in one of the most brilliant sex scenes I've ever read right there straight away he doesn't need to tie anybody up and you're right why would you remember that four years on you only remember that four years on if you're obsessed absolutely obsessed with what right. happened in the past and you know and tying up we just it didn't need to be there I don't see that as a, a reasonable element of their relationship. They're angry with each other, biting, rimming, maybe holding each other down a bit. But yeah, uh, th that memory of going back and all of that, it's just, I think what might have happened in this fig, actually, I'm just going to go up and see when it was first published. Let's have a look. Because we kind of discussed this a bit in um, the last episode about the man who lived where at the end it felt like the writer had just had enough well mm. i don't even know because it was it, all three chapters were published on the same day it was published on the 15th of december 2019 so i don't know maybe when they were writing this it was over a long period and when they got to this chapter they'd forgotten what they'd done before well i think it so a couple of things you said i want to reply to number one i I agree with you about the BDSM elements when, I mean, we know that I feel like young people are much more awkward uh, than they are oftentimes written. But mm -hmm. I, I do think given the particular histories of these kids, I'm more open to the idea, like some BDSM stuff that I've read, we, we've read together or I've read on my own within an eighth year fic, it, it fits to me that Harry would have all kinds of potential for various um kinks due to just the extreme experiences he's had up to that point right like mm. and so so i don't i'm not as like a 
upset about the idea and I've read other fics where the room provides all kinds of crazy shit and they have like very highly experimental you know whatever experiences which definitely I feel like make more sense for a 30 or 25 year old than it does for an 18 year old but I'm it 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 works in those fics like I'm not upset about it but for this one it just as you point out it just isn't part of the main theme at all so it feels like a weird add-on it doesn't feel necessary it just it's like and I know in the opening notes they're talking about they were trying to like appeal to somebody's um, you know various kinks or whatever, and there's some Easter eggs in there, and so maybe that's what that is. Um, she has a note, or the writer has a note to someone saying, uh, someone named Apricot, saying, "I was excited when I found out from your LJ and AO3 that you loved BTS. Me too, and your location is Portugal, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So I've included Lisbon, and then she says, um, listed the different songs that they were listening to, and then various BTS-related scenes, Easter eggs throughout the fic. So I don't know if that's, if it's a BTS reference. Who, I don't know where it comes from. What is BTS? I, I think it's a K-pop group. Oh, okay. All right, I couldn't figure that um, out. But I, look, think. Bea, I just want to say, I agree with you about the fact that these people in these stories harry draco the the rest of the characters in harry potter the youth you know, the ones that are in the war of course of course they're going to be exposed to things of course they're going to have had trauma they're going to want to work that out but for me and i'm not saying that i'm an expert on these things because i'm not i'm i'm really not but my experience with sex and bdsm says that a young person who so early on in their sexual experience are asking for such dark things, there is something traumatic going on with them. So if you want to add like the, the pain and the la- letting go of control into a fic, it makes sense when the characters are overtly damaged, but they're not overtly damaged in this. They're just overtly no. confused and they're, yeah uh angsty so i think writers need to just be careful about how they put in bdsm into into fix totally like they are just because you're adding something in that that's traumatic like the people that i work with who um who i discuss this stuff with all the time that it's always people who are over 25 and they just right. discovered their anus do you know what i mean it's like it's just at that point Whereas, like, I had one guy approach me the other day, 21, and wanted to be kicked in the balls, like, 20, like 20 times. It's like, I'm not doing that. And neither are, <laughs> neither are, are, are any of my other, like, friends who are doms. Like, n- none of us are going to be doing that to you because you're so young. There's something you need to be in therapy for, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I, I just my recent experiences with things have made me want to say ah, just back off the fucking silk ties around the eyes it's so innocent but that's the first time they've fucked and we just have to be careful with their emotions just a bit but 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 well but. And i wrote myself a note here because i was like okay you know being maybe you're being a little bit of of sop here or whatever sap but like it just and again, there was like evidence. So my note here to myself 
when he's okay so harry's saying he closes the distance between them and drives his cock in as deep as he can before turning malfoy on his side it's a new position and from his experience he knows he can go deeper at a better angle he's gonna make malfoy scream great but i was i wrote myself a note going um maybe this is an overly romantic notion but i'd like to think that he'd want to make love to him like this is not a someone you've pulled at a pub like this is someone you've been pining after who just you know you just destroyed basically his whole public life and you're wanting to be with them forever and i i yes making malfoy scream was awesome that's great that's good sex it's good to be an attentive lover etc but i was it it was like um is that what you're thinking of in this moment i don't know it it was very strange. And again, I do not want to discount the sex writing because the sex writing is awesome. It's it's really good. Aside from the weird shit they're saying in this scene, <laughs> it's fucking hot as hell. And, yeah. you know, I want to commend that. But it just, there was some, like, I don't know, disconnect for me. So yeah. anyway, I want us to wrap up this. I'm just going to say this one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on my second read-through, I felt like... I've I I felt so much more um, understanding for where Draco is coming from about like taking the time to get to know each other in terms of what they like and not just sex. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was much more sympathetic to Draco the second time through. The first time I think I was just like, oh my god, let's just have my swoony happy ending, you know, like mm. someone chase someone through an airport and then have a big kiss. Like, <laughs> why is that not happening? Yeah. And, you know, this time through, I was like, okay, this is, I understand it's, it's, it's emotional on a deeper level. Like I, mm. I'm resonating with this, but then I'm sorry, Xer said, I'm so sorry. Cause I do, I do like your story. I'm not as conflicted as I was and I do like it, but I was really annoyed with this last bit when they're standing on this pier at, or whatever, this beach side thing. And Draco, Harry looks at Draco and says, I love you. It's not the first time he's saying it to Draco, and it certainly won't be the last. Draco hasn't said it back to him yet, but it's okay. It's okay because one day he will, and the grin on Harry's face will be as dazzling as the one Draco wears whenever Harry says it. You make me want to fall in love, Draco murmurs, kissing his forehead. What? Mm. What? (laughs) What? Do you know, like, I, I, I'm going to interrupt you there completely, and I'm sorry, but the reason I'm doing it is because there is a fic. Did we review this fic? Was it Lessons or Unexpected? But at the end, they're sat in Italy on... Uh, oh, yeah, that's Lessons, and it's so fucking beautiful. It's so beautiful, and he writes it on the napkin. Yes. And Oh my god, it's just so touching. It's I so know. touching. Because it's... it. it, it we get this theme all the fucking time where Draco cannot say, I love you. So he doesn't. And it's, it's it always hurts me when I read this. You've gone okay, through. So is that how you're reading this then? You're just reading that he can't say it? Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, I mean, I, I, maybe I have an issue with falling in love with things too easily or whatever. I don't know. But I haven't been in love with a person for a long time, so I don't really think that's the case. But I'm like, you wanted to be with this person for now, at this point, four and a half fucking years and probably longer since, you know, you were like 11. 
and you've spent all this time together and you know all these things about each other and you're having this great sex and you've upended your life for them and you're hanging out with each other. Like, what the fuck else do you need to be in love with him? What is the problem here? I felt like, like that. What are you, are you waiting for like your insides to literally <laughs> combust? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what the benchmark for being in love would be if not all of this shit that Draco has experienced. So then if you're reading it as Draco just can't say it, okay, that's interesting. No, I'm but, not. And I, I, this, I'm just saying that it's part of the trope that goes around uh, that, that this thing of Draco can't say I love you because he's somehow emotionally stunted. But I, in, so, in some fix, I totally understand it. But it it's so overused. And in this fic, you're right, four years. I would have thought, if I'm being completely honest with you, I would have thought that it would have been Harry who can't say I love you yet because Draco's the one that hurt Harry in the first instance. Oh, yeah, good point. Then, totally. And then subsequently he's had to work to get Draco back. But specifically because we find out in this fic that Draco's been reading everything that's been published about Harry, that when he's seen pictures of Harry in newspapers with other men, he's become very upset. Astoria tells him that, I believe. He's all yeah. Casually, however, it might come across Ron and Hermione how Harry's doing. He's always been curious, and that to me just means that he does know that he's in love with him to some degree. Absolutely. And in this scene as well, between them having that reunion shag, you know, gonna come so good, all of that crap. Uh, From that to being on the beach or whatever, wherever they are, there's time that's gone past. And I would have thought, like you said, that by now you would have developed your feelings for each other enough that you could say that. I think it's just one of those things. It's just a trope that's been added for whatever reason. It detracts from what, what otherwise would be a very interesting 10 out of 10 eating milk bone scale story. Um, but yeah, it, next. <laughs> I, I so yeah it, i don't have there's no inspired b or b inspired um rating scale so i you know i mostly just either agree or disagree with what Bones <laughs> scale says she always I, agrees I will, say, I will say after my second reading despite some little hiccups as discussed some little issues that i had my second reading through i would say this is a high eight nine on an out of 10 scale for me. I I really did enjoy it the second time. I really mm-hmm. thought the writing of Draco was interesting. Maybe it's because we've read and discussed The Man Who Lived in the Meantime and it brought back that yeah. image or the, the notion of Slytherin logic or whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I liked it much better the second time through. Yeah, I, I loved this story and I loved the sex in it. Despite some of the weird language, I thought the opening scenes, I think the first chapter, sorry, the first chapter of this fic alone would have gotten 11 out of 10 for me. But it's it's the wedding and then that going to come so good that brings it down for me. But I just want to make sure that X Erised and the fans of this fic understand that I do think it's a strong nine and it a nine indicates an exceptional writer. It's not lessons, exceptional out of 10, but it is a writer who is competent and can weave a tale and has a really good understanding of canon and the characterization of the characters. But 
this fic so far has been the most interesting one for us to review on the podcast and it's made us so excited and animated so um i in that respect it gets a 9.5 out of me gone fuck it 9.5 <laughs> thank you x said for providing us with this lovely story please know we love you um we, we were able to say it <laughs> yeah exactly we don't know how you take your tea but we still love you yeah and and so yeah this that was really lovely to discuss we're gonna talk quickly about the gladdest thing yeah yeah so finally we're gonna review a rare pair and i'm so fucking excited because i've been trying to get b to read rare pairs for about a year now she's she's not been so sure she said (laughs) (laughs) she's been let's just finish changes she's been really fucking resistant and (laughs) finally finally we're getting her there and she said in the last episode some of her reasons why she's been reluctant uh partly because she is such a drowry fan but I have recommended this story to her because I love a Neville. I love Neville. I just absolutely, I just love Neville Longbottom. And I'll tell you a bit more about why that is in a bit. But we chose this fic and I think you quite liked it, but I would love you to introduce it to our listeners for us. All right. So the fic is called The Gladdest Thing Under the Sun. It's by Tacky Tiger. The publishing date is from April 20th, 2019. It's got only uh, 1,755 words. So it's a nice little, um, little. I don't know. It doesn't really qualify as a drabble, obviously, but it's, it's, a, it's ficlet. a nice, it's a ficklet. Yes. Thank you for providing the words there. Yeah. The summary says Neville and Charlie had been friends for long enough that he knew exactly how Charlie fought and how he fucked. He knew he could have taken Charlie home if he wanted to. He had seen enough of Charlie's conquest to know that he was Charlie's type. And he had drunk and danced and laughed with Charlie enough to feel the flare and heat of his interest. Or, Neville wants Charlie for good, not just for the night. Oh, now this is a fucking rare pair. Charlie Weasley and Neville Longbottom. This is rare. I love it. it yeah, so... So this was completely lovely to read. I, I had no no bad feelings. Maybe it's because we have Draco and Harry in the background together. So that was soothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was lovely. And there was, the writing was really lovely. And again, on a second read through, I noticed some things I didn't notice the first time. So the, uh, there's just two things that I wanted to point out here. But one of them was, Um, this section where Neville is talking okay I'm just going to read it to you Um, the paragraph says this the trouble was Nev was a gardener at heart nature was in his nature I'm sorry nature was in his nature he was in tune with the slow unfurling of the seasons with the need for commitment to a process far out of his control nothing in a garden was is immediate the process is the reward and Neville wanted to love in the same way He didn't want the instant gratification of a bouquet of cut flowers. He wanted to plant seeds, to watch them flourish with the right care. He wanted to be there for the tentative first buds, for the inexorable impulse towards growth. He wanted to reap the benefits of patience and gentleness and time well spent. I mean. Yeah. Does this go, is this the bit that goes on? 
No, Neville knew that he didn't want, just want Charlie as a raging inferno, the Charlie that other people got. He wanted Charlie as a banked fire. He wanted to protect the slow smolder and kindle the embers, as well as bask in the heat. He wanted to take Charlie, he wanted to take time with Charlie first. Yes. He put in the spade work. I just want to do that again because I, I've stumbled on it a bit. No, Neville knew that he didn't just want Charlie as a raging inferno, the Charlie that other people got. He wanted Charlie as a banked fire. He wanted to protect the slow smolder and kindle the embers as well as bask in the heat. He wanted to take his time with Charlie. First, he put in the spade work. This fic has amazing writing. Yeah. And the imagery is really lovely. I don't, I'm not sure the first time I think I read through it so quickly, maybe because I was just nervous about what it was going to feel like. And I'm not sure I caught all of the gardening references because when, so they have the spade work and then we have the cultivating and then it kind of comes to the harvesting, although they, the author stopped short of using that term. But, um, but this whole analogy between gardening and um, a relationship was really, lovely and you know the thing about the rare pair in this case um i mean i love a, Char a charlie fic i love when he shows up in a story and i love neville so it was they were a nice pairing to see mm -hmm. I, I am like and it because neville is the gardener and charlie is the dragon tamer it makes sense um in some of the same ways as like a draco harry story makes sense right because um, they've got these kind of polarities that are going to be intriguing to see. I'm not sure though. Um, I mean, I think that the note, the notion of this story would work with a lot of the pairings, right? Just this idea of like slowly growing and developing a thing. It just works the best because of Neville, because that's Neville's jam, you know? Well, the thing about Neville, in my opinion, is somebody who writes Neville and reads a lot of fix with Neville's pairing. Oh, before we continue, you said in the bit about Red Thread, about Neville with Pansy, and I mention this fic all the time, and we're gonna review this one at some point, uh, tossed me a heavy rope, no more bailing boats for me. In that, it's a Neville Luna Pansy trial. Oh, mm -hmm. great. And it's great. really, their little story is really fucking good. But anyway, I love Neville and I love writing Neville. And partly that's because we have Neville's characteristics in canon, but not deep. And mm -hmm. the, the character development in canon is great. Stuttering, chubby, shy, bullied boy turns into a war hero. So that's good. But there is so much potential to, to talk about Neville post school i've written absolutely i've written fix where he's confident i've written fix where he's shy i i'm baiting a fic where he's turned into a werewolf and is overconfident and dark we have so much potential but the neville in this fic i think is the closest to canon i have read in my entire loving neville as a slash pairing career or life or whatever so part of the reason for that is because of the slowness and i love this i i don't think we really quite told the listener yet what happens in this fic but you kind of get the idea of it from the description but basically charlie 
loves sex he goes out he wants to fuck everyone he'll give everyone a kind of chance he's fucked draco he's fucked harry he's fucked both of them together at the same time he's he, he's like he says like a smoldering file whatever um so neville takes the slow approach and what i love about his slow approach is that he lets everyone know what he's doing so he'll show up at the burrow when he knows that charlie's there and he'll hang about and he'll he'll tell everyone sort of thing i, I think tell everyone that he kind of has feelings and that means that Ginny at one point is trying to get them together dancing on the dance floor and he just takes his time until charlie is in love with him and yeah, that's very sweet. I think it's beautiful. And there's this line here that I think is a really, it made me pause and think a, a lot about Neville, which was, it says, it would probably have been easy, meaning getting Charlie to go home with him. Mm. It would probably have been easy, but Neville wasn't sure that anything easy was ever really worth much. He wanted to put the work in. And I think that that as like an opening into thinking about Neville is actually a really interesting line because I think there's a lot of evidence about, I mean, Neville's story. I wonder if there's like a, like a, the man who lived or a turn for Neville, there should be because his story, you know, the fact that he came so close to being um, the chosen one or whatever, and then the loss of his parents as well, you know, how it kind of mirrors Harry, but is not quite as, I don't know. Uh, notable because they're alive the being raised by his grandmother and then the potential like kind of future life that as you point out can go in so many different directions Mm -hmm. there's a lot to neville i fully agree there is a lot to neville Mm he's he's a brilliant character i i'm currently in the process of writing two three neville centered fix that they're all drevel fix and that's draco neville um, and I probably will write more pairings with him as a set, you know, as a center pairing with somebody else. But he's just so beautiful to write. And I was telling Rhyme Kai about this when we first had the discussion about me becoming a beta for this year. And yes, I am plugging this story and I don't care. I'll do it as long as I fucking need to, right? I love it. But when we first started discussing Vitiate and we were talking, I said when I started writing a god amongst men i had to go back and reread neville's story and suddenly i remembered like how strong he becomes when he's defending his fellow students from the carrows and there's a line in the book where ron says he thinks he looks at neville as if neville's been used as a sharpening block he's been so scarred and cut up by the the yeah. character he's taken this trauma time and time again to protect people and if that doesn't give a solid foundation for an incredibly strong man i don't know what does and absolutely even more so than harry in um this i i'm tooting my own horn it probably sounds like but it's something that i've um uh like i i've kind of come up with in this bit that i'm writing where draco says to neville um you know you're you're doing really well and uh he replies to draco to say well harry's the the boy who lived harry's the 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 hero here and draco says yeah but you're on the front line and Mm -hmm. that for me is is neville is that actually you're right is there a turn there should be 
if there is one please send it to us because I I would love to see somebody's perspective of that but I think and I've thought this for a long long time Neville is the true hero of this of the story I do believe it I know Harry went off to die and I get that but Harry's got so much support from other people but Mm -hmm. Neville makes a conscious decision to be on the front line and to protect students when he didn't need to go back he did not need to go back to school he did but and he stayed he stayed whereas like Ginny left she had to Molly pulled her out but anyway but anyway I think that this fic is one of the most beautiful rare pairs I've read and I really really recommend people go and read it it's so short that I don't know whether we need to spend as much time on it as Red Thread uh, I would love to hear what other people think about it. So please do like write in or comment on our Instagram, so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, we're going to do more rare pairs. I think I'm yes. trying to do one next time as well. We the do. Re- we have it chosen. I think you, I cannot remember the name. It's lots of vowels. That's all I know. Obsidian um, Desire. And it's by Lomo. Say it again. Obsidian's Desire or Obsidian Desire. It's a Marcus Harry fic. Okay, awesome. And then the other one we're going to do is this fic that um, I saw wrecked somewhere and I was like, this sounds so bizarre. And they said it was a really sweet fic despite the tags. (laughs) So the name of that one, I'm just pulling it up here. Sorry. The name of that one is The Misadventures of Draco Malfoy Ferret by (laughs) Saber Shadowcat. So... I'm going to just tell you the tags on that are um, multiple bestialities, empreg, sweet, and crack. So we'll see how that goes. I imagine it should be a pretty good discussion. B, do you know what a crack fic is? Or... I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm only asking this because it was such a thing back 16 years ago. I haven't seen it on any tags. It's in my new reading of you know my new cycle of reading fan fiction apart from on this fix that's the only reason i'm asking well maybe you should tell well we can let's talk about it next week we'll we'll, we'll get into crack fic and crack fic history you can give us a little yeah bone just as lesson. long as you know it's not crack cocaine we're not having that yes. fun <laughs> sorry trigger warning drugs okay babe Ooh, yes this has been great to chat this out with you i'm so fucking happy i'm looking forward to speaking to you next week and giving the readers what they want which is rare pairs and slightly weird stories um but yeah you take care until then and i love you very much you too and uh we will see you next week yeah wear a condom bye stay magical Air condom and stay magical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>